streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the snow version of the PowerCat Insiders podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. I mentioned the snow which piled up in Manhattan because it caused school cancellations, which doesn't happen that often in Manhattan. And thus, Kels Robinette turned into dad. Stay-at-home dad. I guess that's what I'm looking for. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, stay-at-home dad. Kellis is out. Riley Gates is in. Tim Fitzgerald is here. I know that for a fact because that's me. (laughs) Matt Walters is also here from the Kansas State Sports Network, IMG, Learfield, and the Hand of God. Correct. I'm not sure about the last part. Ryan Black is here from the Manhattan Mercury and NASCAR, and all things good and lovely in this world. And, uh, yeah, Riley's here, too. It's a very broad brush. I paint with a broad brush. I'm in a good mood today, guys. I'm impressed that you knew all of Matt's titles off the top of your head, because I still have IMG Learfield. It's Learfield IMG. Dang, it. Uh, it's Learfield IMG College. Okay. So you... Is there a pro version or something? Not to my knowledge. Why college? They got big plans, don't they? Come on, Matt. Spill. That's it. Spill. You've been to Springfield. Just Learfield IMG College. Have you ever been down there to see the the world headquarters? It's in Jeff City. Jeff City. That's what I meant. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You said Springfield. (laughs) (laughs) It's Missouri. It's all the same. It's in the same state. I have not. I'm always curious. Over the year. I'm always curious how they find so many... Board ops of such quality. No, they travel. They're not all from Jeff City. They travel from. I'm sure kids come from Columbia and so forth. Yeah, that'd have, be a good experience. How far is younger Jeff City? adults? Old, few older adults. Uh, I'm going to say an hour. That's a pretty good part-time gig, I would think. You need to bring home a little bread, do a little score updates on various networks, because the guy working your games work just works your game. Yeah, right? Zach is ours. He only works for K State. That's really cool. Hmm. Hey, it's probably a Missouri guy. Irony. Irony. I don't think so, actually. Is he? But We've had others. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we got on that. I just was curious. Kansas State loses to Mississippi State in New Jersey, 67-61, as the Cats fall to 6-4 and four on the season. Kellis was there. He said he had to stay home with the kids. I think he's got some PSD. PSD? PTS. PTSD. PTSD. P Photoshop. I think he's got some Photoshop. PTSD. I think he's shell shocked after his trips to Fort Myers in New Jersey. I'm sure we all watched the game. Riley Gates, you wrote about the game from here. It was actually Hutchinson, but it's whatever. Yeah. Springfield, Jeff City. Yeah, 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 somewhere. All the same. What'd you think? I I kind of tweeted this. It. It's one of those games where, like, I didn't really have anything that I looked at and I was like, wow, 
they're doing really bad at this. Like, the, there's there's been some games where you're like, man, if they had to hit free throws, they'd probably win that game. Or if they don't shoot so poorly from the three point line, they win that game. I didn't feel like there was something in this game that I could point to and be overly critical about. I thought they played fine at times. Obviously, they stretched out to as much as a 12-point lead in the first half, and they were playing really, really well. I thought their defense throughout the uh, course of the game was was pretty strong, but they just they, they gave in. They, um, you know, I, I don't want to use the word collapsed because it wasn't a collapse or anything like that. They were in it down the stretch, but um, they just they, you can't go on a dry spell there for you know, what it ended up being an eight minute or nine yeah, minute was, basket was over eight minutes. I mean that's just that, that's not so I say you can't point at anything that's probably what you got to point at but that's unacceptable you just can't have that and, and that's what's going to cost you a lot of games well Riley I think you also tweeted and you know that's what Weber also Bruce Weber said after the game it, it just reminded me so much of the Pittsburgh game oh you know, yeah get out to that 10 point lead like they did uh, in the Fort Myers tournament and then let them you know, they just go cold and rest the first half and then at halftime it's like well you just squandered away what could have been not just you know a lead like that, but then also would have made an easier second half, potentially a win. Uh, you know, I would say the thing that stands out when you think about it is, I would say if you say that you hold Reggie Perry to seven points on two of fourteen shooting, you feel really, really, How really, they do that really good moves. about your chances of winning, and they somehow still lost. I guarantee he won't have another game like that this year. No, I thought K State defensively was marvelous. That's where that's where I'm shocked, Matt Walters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, I can't believe yes. they've been able to take these parts and put them into the defensive uh, configuration that they have because they play really good defense. I thought that would be the area in which they struggle, not shooting the ball as badly as they did uh, or have been. 27.3% in the second half from the field, and I wish we had the breakout of they started with the first 12, 13 minutes of the game shooting pretty well and then went in the tank at the end of the first half. Yeah, four of your five starters wind up going seven for 28. That and, seems and bad. It, when when you talk about the uh, the defensive side of it, Fitz, it's, it, it's what K-State's kind of known for right now is they're a pretty good defensive team. But they have to be even better than that because right now the margin for error for this basketball team is – is pretty small because they're not doing enough at the offensive end. Let's just – I'm just using this number as a hypothetical. Let's say K-State plays really good defense for 33 minutes. They've got to play really good defense for 36 minutes to win some of these games, to beat Pitt, to beat Mississippi State, to beat Marquette. Bradley, you give up 13 threes, which is an anomaly, but you combine that with – having to play better defense for a few more minutes. And also offensively, this team's just not gifted enough to overcome some of its troubles. They don't shoot very well inside of 15 feet. And the the bigs, I mean, how many times have we said this? The bigs have to give more. Absolutely it's, have to. It's horrible. It is horrible. Um, Riley Gates, or Brian Black, doesn't matter to me. Is this a case of Bruce Weber and Chris Lowry put so much emphasis on defending and they knew they had to get this bunch up to their standard of defense if they had any chance I mean they rely so much on defense if you don't play defense they know their system can't outscore you so they invested so much in defense they took offense for granted and maybe over this break once finals are done we'll see them focus a little more on offense I'm trying to find a bright spot I mean, I, I think 
I think, yes, maybe you could focus a little bit more on offense, uh, specifically running a half-court offense. They can't. They can't run half-court offense to save their life. they got to get it out in transition, obviously, if they're going to have the most success. But I also think the shooting, at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to how much work are you putting in in the gym. Because I think that they take pretty good shots for the most time. You know, I, th- I don't think they force things. I don't think they take ill-advised shots uh, an incredible amount of time. I think it comes down to are you getting in the gym or are you getting your shots up? And from the sounds of it, it says that they are. You know, it, it sounds like they've said, you know, hey, McCall was in there the other day after the, uh, oh, I forgot what game he said it was after, but McCall was in there getting up shots. And, you know, Xavier and, and Cartier are always in there late at night getting up shots. But I've, you're not seeing those results. I mean, Xavier can't go 2 of 11 from the floor. No. That, that just – and I don't, I don't mean to put it on him. I don't think it was his fault they lost that game. But – he cannot go two of eleven from the floor and expect to be good. McCall especially cannot go one of six when all of his shots are coming four, four feet from the basket. I mean, he's, he takes a jumper every now and then. And that's his most successful shot is his jumper. But I just you, you got to get better production out of your leaders like that because then that allows Antonio Gordon to go zero for four from the floor. He's a freshman. That's that's something that's going to happen every now and then. But the, the seniors can't can't have games like that. I don't think. And I don't know if it does come down to. You got to coach more offense. Got to coach more shooting. I don't know. I don't think they put too much emphasis on defense because I think, like what you've said, they've picked it up really well, and it's probably because how much they put into that. But well, the but the off month. I'm sorry, Ryan. No, that's fine. The the off month here when finals are done this week, now to mid January is is typically the time where you do right. go offensive centric. And you put more and more and more and more in, and that's why you know looking at uh, Mississippi State and then St. Louis and then Tulsa, to me this was a really important three-game stretch, and it still is because you can at least maybe get things turned in the right direction mentally going into Big 12 play in early January. K-State's got to win these next two. They have to beat St. Louis, and they have to beat Tulsa, which has really been an ingrown toenail for them. Because they'll zone them to death. Right. They're going to zone them to death. Oh, God. I'm already dreading having to watch that game. I'm I'm going back to what you were saying about McCall. Two things he's got to do, and it's the simplest things ever. More simple than shooting. Catch the ball. Don't turn it over. Seven turnovers. You can't turn it over seven times. It's... That's unacceptable, and especially just, as a forward, because it's not like you're running the offense. You're supposed to catch it. Take care. You of the have ball. to get it to your post at the right time with a good pass, and you can't turn it over. I mean, that's the most turnovers I can recall seeing from one player since when Trey Young was at Oklahoma and K State forced him into nine mm-hmm. turnovers because he almost had that triple double that's with crazy. the turnovers. <laughs> but that's totally different because he's a guard who has the ball in his hands at all times. And he's I, trying to make plays. Yeah, I don't know what Mac. Was how he, how he could get seven turnovers. It is pretty remarkable. Now look, I'll give him this: the Mississippi State bigs are impressive. They are huge. They are big, powerful bodies that made Mac, who I tend to think is a pretty big fella, not look like a pretty big fella. Well, I was to say something that stands out to me if you look because we t- constantly talk about Mac and we talk about Levi. I mean, they go a combined one of eight from the field and eight of eight from the free throw line. <laughs> That's just crazy. Well, I go back to the play for Stockard in the second half where he gets a great pass to him, and instead, if he goes up right away with his left hand, it's a layup. Instead, thinks I need to use a head and shoulder fake, and then what happens? Go up strong. Like I said, just don't don't make these extra moves. 
I think the struggles in the post right now are showing just, you know, we talked uh, coming into the year, you know, are players like Cartier, Mike, are they going to be able to take on the roles of guys like Barry and Kamau? I think that's what we all were talking about a lot because I feel like we had, we, we felt good about McCall taking that over. But I think we're seeing that the that there was far more in Dean Wade being on the floor. Like McCall got, had more success with Dean on the floor than those other guards had with Barry and Cam on the floor. And I think maybe, at least I did, I underestimated just how much Dean Wade meant to McCall Maywean's game. He hasn't been good at all this year. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's been a bad player. And you can't uh, – it's it's getting to the point where I I felt like my early season when I said – Start the freshman and bench Mac. I was then I kind of went back and I was like, well, maybe that maybe that there. maybe that was a little harsh from the start. Uh, but I'm getting there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, once Montavious Murphy's healthy, I feel like you have a really good case to start him and Antonio Gordon yeah. and, and just bench Mac. I mean, you can't turn like you said, can't turn it over seven times. Well, and, and Riley, you brought up something, and I, and I was trying to rack my brain since then. But you mentioned this in this tweet that. Uh, you couldn't recall a player ever regressing as much as Mac as a senior. And I was trying to think of any sport I've ever seen anything like this. And it's just, I couldn't think of anybody that I've seen. This seems to be the Mac that transferred to Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they corrected it. Now he's back to what mm-hmm. he was, what, at Utah? Utah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's bad. And showing, proving, to me at least, how deceptive the plus-minus is. Mac goes one of six from the floor with seven turnovers. And, oh, he's a plus three. I don't, I don't know what game that this was based on, but the one I saw, he was not a plus three. K-State was better when he wasn't on the floor consistently, at least in my view. Well, you got to see who has, who, who has the best plus minus, though, is podcast favorite David Sloan, plus 11. That I kind of believe. Uh, I do think he creates for other guys. I don't best know. passer on the team. By Absolutely. Far. We are the Wildcat thing. Man, I messed that up. What? I know. I know. I went somewhere else. We are the Powercat <laughs> Insiders Podcast from the WTEC Gig Powered Studios, and we're sponsored by Commerce Bank. Whatever financial challenges come your way, whether it's late here in 2019 or in 2020, Commerce Bank can help. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Brain work. Brain work. Well, guys, I, I don't know. I, I'm not one to give up on a Bruce Weber team because he gets them better. We saw it last year. They started slow and they got better. I just don't see the pieces here. I don't see the most essential piece to getting better is leadership in your locker room. Matt, I don't see it on this team. I just don't see a healthy environment. I don't see a Barry Brown climbing up his brother's you-know-whats to get them better, to get them motivated, to get them focused, get them in the gym when the coaches aren't around. I'm not around this team. But the leadership seems to be, follow me, I'll set a good example, but those guys aren't playing that good as an example. What you're used to and what we're used to seeing from the last couple of years is two years away. Exactly. And it's just that's the way it's going to be. K-State has a really good recruiting class coming in next year, but you're talking about loaded with sophomores and freshmen again next year. So what, what you're looking for is probably two years away. Um, every year is different, and I thought I thought Xavier would be able to do a little bit more on the leadership front, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to something that's been rattling in my dome is I think that your head coach and your point guard absolutely must be on the same page. They are not. They are not, and that's what I find 
increasingly baffling. Because your point guard's your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Cartier had zero assists in this game. Now, he's been an assist monster. Right. But that's just been based on athleticism. He did a good job getting to the rim. But I caught him, and I sent it to my guys and some other people. Bruce talking to him on the sideline during the broadcast. Cartier looks at the court and then rolls his eyes all the way up into his head. He looked possessed for a moment. They are at a disconnect, and you can't have that. Barry and Cam might have gotten frustrated by Bruce at times, but they went out and did what he wanted. I'm not saying Cartier isn't, but I don't think he's a believer in what he's supposed to be doing. I don't want to try to build up this big controversy that there's a a, a disconnect between them as they're butting heads, but there's been two quotes in my eyes in post-game press conferences that, for lack of a better phrase, feels like, or I think Cartier Jada might feel like Bruce is throwing him under the bus. It was the first time when he said that, that Cartier said, well, they're all collapsing on me now. And he said, well, of course they're going to. You're number one. on like I think he thinks that, number one, that made him look kind of stupid. Like, why are they guarding me now? And then the other one was the awkward confrontation they had where Bruce says, we don't have any leaders in the locker room. Somebody asked, well, I think it was you, Ryan, asked him about that comment about lacking leadership in the locker room. And Cartier just flat out disagreed in a post-game press conference. Like, but, it, but his answer had nothing to do with leadership. Yeah, His answer yeah. had to do with, we got a bunch of guys that get along, we're good with one another. That has nothing to do with leadership. Yeah, I, f- I just feel like maybe there's some quite, like, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't think Bruce trusts him? I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure it out, too, but it, it was pretty alarming to see that. Well, I think it speaks volumes that every single time that they make a mistake or whatever, Bruce still goes out of his way to talk about how great the freshmen have been. Yeah. He talks them up at every single opportunity. And then on the flip side, he's like, well, Xavier's doing what he needs to do, but we need more from Mac and we need more from Cardi. I mean, that's just like every single game or every single presser, that seems to happen. It's like Xavier's doing what he needs to do. Mac and Cardi need to do more. The freshmen are playing their butts off, and they make mistakes, but our seniors make mistakes, too. Have you noticed he always couches mm-hmm. it in, like, okay, they're making mistakes? And I'll but, side with them on that, too. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's fair to hold your fresh, or hold your, your leaders, seniors, to higher standards than, than the freshmen, obviously. Um, Cardi is a really good player, and if, that, if, if that's all it takes to get him knocked off of center, your head coach saying something critical about you, boy, that's a problem. That's, fragile. Yeah. that's, that's fragile. really a problem. That tells me you're, you're not a quarterback and you're not the leader of the team. No. It, it's, I mean, it Bill, really... hey, Fitz, you've, you were here long enough. You've been around here long enough. Bill Snyder wore a lot for his football team, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't uh, – it's okay to criticize or say, hey, tonight – Bob did not get this done. Part of the reason we didn't play very well, part of the reason we lost the game. But Bill Snyder wore a lot of that. And where I'm going is there are there were just there were times where key individuals made critical mistakes and Bill Snyder wore it. The guys knew that they made mistakes. That's where you gotta you gotta toughen up a little bit. You gotta understand that. Bruce has your – if Cartier Jada, Bruce Weber's got your back yeah. eight, eight days out of the week. Exactly. But if he says we got to get more from Cartier, whether it's sit down and defend or take better shots, you got to do it. Amen. Look, we've been saying it. This is kind of how I feel about this team this year. We've been saying it for a few years. People thought we were being incredibly critical. They have role players 
in starting jobs. Mike is a fine player. What would he finish with here? Uh, 14. 14 points. Now, that, now obviously, that's a starting performance. But the, his performances this year have been great to be a six-man. And I think that's what Mike McGurl is on this on at Division One. He's not really sh- shouldn't really be a starter on this team. I don't think they have tons of players that can compete at this level, especially in a year where it looks like the Big Twelve is going to be dog eat dog again. Texas Tech just knocked out the number one team in the country. They're back in the rankings. KU is the number one team in the country again. Baylor's really good. I don't see a lot of teams other than maybe TCU that I look at and say, yeah, K State might be able to get a, a sweep there, get a win there. So it's going to be tough. But like Matt said, they've got they've got recruits coming in. The future looks brighter. It's just this year they're going to have to take lumps, and you're going to have to buckle in as a fan. And one of those lumps came late in the game when Antonio Gordon got one of his team-high nine rebounds and turned around and put the ball on the floor. He kind of panicked. He was surrounded by big bodies. Hold it and get it to a guard. Yeah. That was the lead for my game story. Hold it, but also where is the guard going to get the ball? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have a freshman big man that gets a rebound, the first person he should see is a guard at his side, give me the damn ball. So it was a bad turnover, but I hope they learned from it. When I see a freshman make a turnover like that, okay, learn from that because you can't do what you just did. So does it get corrected? In the film room, that's probably great job. You got the board. Don't put it on the floor. Wait for the guard to come get it. Right. Exactly. Learning, right. learning point. And, and exactly. Fitz, like I said, it came at a devastating time because it was like a tick under 30 seconds, and they were down by three. Then he loses the ball. They went one or two from the line, and now it's, for all intents and purposes, a two-possession game. Right. And that was it. That was, that was K-State's last good opportunity. So, you know, they could have either tied. I mean, we're going to assume they wouldn't have because they went 0 for 7 from yeah. 3 in the second half. <laughs> but they could have at least cut to one point. Yeah. So Antonio Gordon played 27 minutes in this game. Mack only played 23. Um, probably because in part he was in foul trouble. Um, Levi Stockard played 27 minutes. James Love uh, came out of witness protection and injury protocol and played two minutes. Um, he was a plus minus three, by the way. He was plus minus is the dumbest stat. They, they were they were so much better with James. I don't get it. It's a stupid stat to me. Where I'm going with this is uh, we expect possibly Montavious Murphy to be back Saturday in Kansas City. Possibly. Sure hope. Um, That game is against St. Louis. Eight days later, they will come home to play Tulsa on a Sunday. Uh, Surely one of those two games he will play. Does he get minutes from Antonio Gordon or from Levi Stockard? Stockard. I, that's my choice. It shouldn't be Antonio Gordon. If it's Antonio Gordon, I think we're going to have some more discussions about this. Yeah. Okay, well, run the question by me again. I want to make sure. When I Murphy comes back, okay, yeah. is he going to take some of Antonio Gordon's 27 minutes or some of Levi Stockard's 28 minutes? What about McCall Moeen's 23? Well, Mike will get some more. I mean, he will. He'll yeah. play around 30 in a typical game, but he's back to... Being I follow foul a lot, Mac, which I thought we'd solved, but now he's regressed. You, you don't take minutes away from Antonio Gordon at this point. You <laughs> can't. He, he can play more, but you don't play less. And the reason, another reason why I bring this up is I scan down this stat sheet, and I look at Cardi played thirty five, and I'm, I have no problem with that. Xavier played thirty seven. You want that? You want better numbers from them, but you want that, and then you arrive at. Mike McGurl at 27. Yes, he's scoring points. By the way, the plus minus is minus six. Again, huh? 
I mean, okay. Um, Dejuan Gordon played 9.45, so 10 minutes. David Sloan played 10.42, so 11 minutes. Guys, I want to see them more. I, I don't know where the minutes come from, but certainly Dejuan, I want to see him more. And if you're having point guard problems, David Sloan needs to be on the court. I, I Especially Bruce, now. Since Bruce some, kicked himself a little bit after the game Saturday for yeah. not playing Sloan more. I, I think that's going to happen. And as you mentioned earlier in the year, what was holding David Sloan back was he was the guy not fully engaged in the defensive principles. The freshmen were acclimating fairly well. David was having some issues, but I think he's getting there. He's getting there. They got They just got to go to the new blood. It's just what Riley said. If you want to dumb it down in terms of this is going to be a year where you're going to take some lumps. I get what Bruce is doing. He's not ready to quit on his veterans, yeah. and he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. He should be able to get more out of them because they are a proven commodity. He has two more non-conference games. As Matt mentioned, they're enormous games. I mean, you could go 6-6 six and six in your non-conference. That is disaster time when you stop and think about this non-conference schedule. It's not like it was loaded. It's actually the worst in the Big 12. Right. <laughs> Now, if they can go eight and four, it's disappointing, but not critical. If not you're, if you're going to say what I think you're going to say, don't even do it. Don't even worry about the NCAA tournament. I'm just worrying about staying above 500 at, in the, on a season. It's fair. Yeah. Just worrying about they will play what? How many games I mean, I don't play? Think they're 19 games against Big 12 competition. Eight, eight, 18, well, 18, 18 right. you know, 19 when you, right. you say one and done the Big 12 tournament. I'm already giving a loss to Kansas City, but <laughs> 19 games. Yeah, I love that 11 a.m. game on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, God. God. I hate that. Um, oh, 19 Riley. games. So if you're doing some math here, you better get to, uh, what, 8 and 11? There we go. 8 and 11 in those games. Probably 8 and 10 in the conference play if you're going to go 8 and 4. See, I figured the other thing you meant by 19. That's not happening. Yikes, man. The other thing maybe you're talking about with 19 is they play Alabama in the Big 12 SC Challenge. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, crap. I always forget about that game. So that's 19. I wish the Big 12 would forget about that game. Post-January. You're going to have a wild swing from January 1st until mid-March. You're going to have games that K-State loses by 25. Yep. And you're going to have games that K-State surprises a couple of people. It's how much of that happy medium, how much of that that middle ground can they play at as opposed to getting beat by 25 and then beating somebody maybe like a Texas Tech that they're not supposed to beat. Oh, yeah, I think they're going to beat a couple of teams this year they're not supposed to beat. And I also think we're going to see more games that we look at two or three games where they have a 10-point lead in the first half or in the second half, and they, 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 and they lose it. This is the Powercat Insiders podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. We're going to take a little break, but we'll pick up this discussion with this question. What does this K-State team need to do to win games? What is the formula? We'll be right back. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. We are in the WTC gig-powered studios. As voiceman Tom Martin just told you, I'm Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Ryan Black, and sitting in today for uh, Daddy. Jealous. 
Yep. Daddy, don't. stay-at-home I, daddy. <laughs> don't call it Robinette. <laughs> Maybe he really did take my compass. That's why he's not here. Big Daddy Kellis. You get he's lost. Just, he just got yeah. lost. Yeah. Compass. He borrowed your compass and can't find his way here. <laughs> it's a snow day in Manhattan. No school. Kellis has to stay at home. I thought about calling him, and then I thought, you know, let's just let the guy be dad. Let's just let him be dead. But no, not you're hammering on him right now. I yeah, know. You it's like you hammered on me last week again for not being here. Wailing I know. away on him. Someday I won't be here, and one of you will have to run the show, and you hammer on me. <laughs> How are we going to do that? I don't know. <laughs> run the thing. There's <laughs> just one button to hit. It's yeah, okay. I think I trust that Matt has a little experience in this area. <laughs> <laughs> a little experience. He knows that the lights are lit up, the mics are on, and then you hit the record button. Wait, wait. How dark was that supposed to be when you say one day when I'm not here? Does that actually mean <laughs> Yikes. I didn't. I, would, I didn't know if that's what you meant. Like you're gonna be dead. Live on like, without me. I think. I think we're gonna have bigger issues than the that, power cap. That's what I thought podcast. you meant. It's like you want them to wail on you while you're dead. I mean, that's kind of. Well, I'm classic. really trying to get. I just downloaded the Samuel Jackson voice to my Alexa, so now Sam can tell me the weather every day, and do other things. Nice. I'm trying to get this. Wait, 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 wait. Why Samuel and not uh, Morgan? That. That's the one they told me that was available. Okay. Samuel Jackson. And I say, hey, ask Sam Jackson to tell me the weather. And Sam Jackson's voice, synthesized but very accurate. You know, Sam Jackson's not about his voice. It's about the inflection. Yeah. So it kind of lacks that. But anyhow, I'm working to get my voice put into the computer. My very essence, my being, put into a computer (laughs) with witty... Use your time elsewhere. You want yourself to tell you the weather. No. No, he's saying he wants his entire person uploaded into one of these little things so he can live forever. So that when you have a podcast, I can still say... This is the and, wildcat and hesitate because I don't know what it is. The wildcat thing. Wild, the wildcat WTC thing. gig powered studios. On the list, when, when Fitz is dead, the list of things uh, that the company is going to take care of, the Insiders <laughs> podcast is way down here. Do you, like, are you going to have so your? Who? Are you going to have your head? <laughs> hey, wow, are, are you going to have your head frozen like Ted Williams? I think my head was frozen a few years ago, and I just don't realize it. Do you remember the question that you asked us? I do. What is the formula Uh, that this team needs to apply to win games? They have to start winning. Shooting the ball against Alabama State isn't much of a challenge, but it was like they were relaxed and just went out there and played and shot the ball. Made the extra pass. Right. I get that the defense wasn't there. There is something there. I think it is Xavier Sneed needs to be umpteen amounts better, and then the whole team kind of relaxes. And the freshmen, the freshmen are freshmen. They're going to get better. David Sloan's going to get better. This team will get better, but is it enough to close the gap while other teams might be getting better? What is the formula? Someone tell me. You know about closing the gap this season? <sighs> that's, my, that's what I was afraid of. But, I mean, seriously, they get in a game. Riley, give me a team in Bramlage Coliseum. That's a 50-50 game for K-State. Iowa State? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. TCU. Now TCU's kind of, they should beat them in Bramlage, hopefully. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah. They get them in Bramlage. They, they're they playing their good defense because that's the one known. If, if they don't play good defense, they're not going to beat anyone. We know that. So they're playing good defense. What does this team need to do? And besides, don't turn the ball over, shoot the ball well. Who needs to be present and dangerous for this team? I mean, I kind of think it's kind of weird because I just 
came up with this kind of as you were talking about that Alabama State game, you know, and saying make the extra pass. If you look at it, three people had assists in this game against Mississippi State. They had Mack had two, Xavier had three, David Sloan had two. You got to get that constant ball move. You know, you can't just have the. Oh, that's so bad. Seven assists. Yeah. I mean, that's. I, but, I, but keep in mind, you know, you go back. Sorry, Riley. No, no. You go back to the Alabama State game, and they're they're awful. They're awful. Yeah. But K State had 28 assists at one point on 32 made field goals, and I think it finished 28 out of 35. Seven assists on only 14 made field goals in 40 minutes. Your point guard's got to have some assists. Your two guards got to have some assists. In answer, go ahead. I'll I know. Shut up and it, I'll wait no, no. I just I think you kind of took it and ran with it. There is is you got to get those those assist numbers up. You got to get that because con- that's getting you open somewhere. Bruce, after the Alabama State game, uh, and I've we've talked some about this. I think K State is better in transition than in the half court, which. Probably you talked a little bit about that. I've always said that with Bruce teams. I, but Bruce doesn't think that K-State is great in transition. I would like to see K-State try to do more in transition, but also they're going to they're going to enhance their half-court stuff. They'll be more put in. The, the freshmen are going to feel overloaded. They're going to run into the brick wall, blah, blah, blah. If it were me, you live with David Sloan at the point. You put Cardi there some, but... I put Sloan in and I go. That's just that's me. You, I get it. I I agree. You you're not going to just have Sloan at the point, the three freshmen, and then Xavier. Let's say you have to continue to let those guys learn from the upperclassmen. But I say put David Sloan at the point and go. That's me. I'm not making 3.5 million coaching a basketball team. But that's I, I agree I with you. And slide Cardi over the two. Put Mike McGurl on the bench as the relief guy. He plays with tremendous energy, and him coming off the bench might have a great benefit there. And then bring him in for whichever the starting guards needs it. If it's if it's Sloan, Cardi goes back to the one. Right. You know, you can live with McGurl running the point a little bit, not much. That's my problem with Mike. He is built like a point guard. Without point guard skills. Why is he in your starting lineup? He should be a point guard by all physical stature measurements. And his outside shot isn't of the consistency that you want from a two guard. I love the kid. He's a great kid. He plays extremely hard. His defense is all built on effort, not athleticism. He is the best Bad athlete, athlete I've ever seen. The kid does athletic things, jumping. You go, oh, my God. And then other times he looks like a 40-year-old man trying to defend in the half court. He's He just gets beat. It, it frustrates me. It, it how, just... how important do you guys think it is, if at all, to have a vocal point guard? You know, I think I think it is in basketball, but because you can get by without you David can get by Sloan. without, but your point guard and your head coach have got to be on the same page. Your point guard's got to think like your head coach. For that matter, somebody like Chris Lowry, your point guard's got to think like that. And I, I don't see enough of it. Was Barry Brown the point guard when Cam Stokes was healthy? 
uh, no. trying to think. No. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't think about it he, for a second. He wasn't the point guard, but he did point guard things. He didn't have the weight of being the point guard, but it was that two-point guard concept that Bruce likes and I love, too. I And the lineup currently, the way they're putting it out there, you have Cartier Jada playing the Cam Stokes role. And you have Mike McGurl playing the Barry Brown role. Come on, man. That David Sloan can play the Cam Stokes role. In fact, if you look at their game, there's some similarities there. They think they can shoot maybe a little bit better than they can, but they create, they do some, they're point guards. They have the mentality and the mindset of a point guard. And Cardi slid over to the two. Cardi, you're not the point guard. Relax. Go play. And then he's replacing Barry. And I feel like this team's better than that. I don't think you have to have a vocal point guard, but I do think it helps. And if you don't, your vocal leader better be somebody who's one of the best players on the team. Because, I mean, I know we always hear all this stuff about, like, Pearson McAtee is a great team leader. That's and that's great. great. And that's that's awesome. And Mason Schoen was too, right? But, like, they're mainly on the bench. They're if you getting- have a great point guard that's not a vocal leader, and I'm talking about this team and this team only, then that's where Xavier Sneed comes Yes, in. correct, that's, 100%. That's, that's what I'm saying. When yeah. you talk about Xavier Sneed needs help, that's it. That's it. What Xavier Sneed needs, he's not going to get this year, and that is a point guard that is demanding and can go say, Ryan, get your where it needs to be. Don't do that again. Or can go to McCall Maywean. I mean, he needs a point guard that's the glue guy that can go get everybody in the huddle under the mm-hmm. foul line and say, A, B, C, get this done, and do it. And I'll be honest. Uh, because of my situation, I'm not around this team as much as I have been in the past. Is David Sloan that guy? Can't, does he have that mentality? He's, he's not vocal. He's no. not aggressive. No. But yeah. I think – and that's, where, that's why I asked the question. I think Bruce wants to play David Sloan. I think his comments after the game that Matt alluded to earlier kind of spoke to that. I think he's started to see flashes out of him, and he's getting more comfortable. But he said it in the postgame press conference after Alabama State that David Sloan, for the first time in practice ever since he got to K-State, said something in practice loud enough that the entire team heard it. Yeah. So he's not a vocal leader. And I don't. maybe that's something that is important to Bruce. And that may, you know what? That may not be true. That might be a newcomer deferring to the current players. And I'm it, not going to step on to- toes. I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm not going to come over, come across as overbearing. I don't know. He's not a loud kid. No, he's not. Overall, he's not. no. But I think if he got comfortable, I think if he got that trust, maybe you could see him take over a little bit. So I don't. If that's important to Bruce Weber to have a vocal point guard, then fine. You're the coach. You you make the calls. But I'm just saying. Cody I think is he not vocal. No, he's not. Not and, terribly. No. And if your point guard is not believing what you're doing asking him to do, then you are screwed. I think that's where really where this team needs to go is roll with David Sloan at the point for 25 minutes a game and see where that takes you. And get the freshman as many minutes as possible. As many minutes Let as him possible. play. Let him learn. Let him get popped in the mouth. Let him have some successes and just work on that recipe as the season goes along. I'll admit I was wrong about Dejuan in terms of I really did think he was going to come here ready to I guess I guess I just put so much stock in the fact that he won that Chicago Player of the Year award, and I just thought, man, he's going to come in here. I'm not going to say win Big Twelve Player of the Year, anything crazy like that, but I just thought he was going to be 
maybe a starter from or at least playing like major major minutes but the thing i will say about him is there there have certainly been to me like every game he always seems to make one play where you're like I see I see the glimpses of what he's going to be. All things being equal, no injuries, knocking guys out for an extended period of time. What you're talking about, you're going to see that at the beginning of February. I almost knock this over every time. <laughs> Talk with my hands. By the time you get to the end of the year, every one of these freshmen are going to be a totally different player than they are when Big 12 play starts at the beginning of the season because they're going to get kicked in the mouth. They're going to have some successes, but it's there. Dejuan Gordon has it. I like him a lot. I mean, he took on he took on ownership of guarding Marcus Howard multiple possessions I in that game. I love it. It was amazing. He, he literally had that Barry Brown mentality. Mm-hmm. Love it. You're mine. And to get a freshman, a star out of Chicago to do that is a tremendous compliment to this coaching it staff. Is. It has is. Has that happened any other time this year? No. no. Did it happen against Bradley? No. Against Pitt? It doesn't. Mississippi State? Is there a point this season, in reality, where Bruce, Bruce, Weber, Bruce Weber says, Mac, you're not in the lineup. You've been in the lineup every game of your career at this school. You're not in the lineup. Please. I think there should be. Please. Because you know what? I mean, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm one of these people. I, I, okay, I'm a sport trader. Maybe we make too much. Maybe that, maybe that finally gives him the kick in the pants that he needs. Like, okay, you know what? Maybe it's that he just feels like I can keep playing like crap and I'll stay in the lineup. But maybe if he finally gets booted out for a freshman, maybe that'll make him take some take some ownership about like, wow, what does what does it hurt what, to yeah. try it? What, yeah, I mean, why not? They're not ha- they're not winning at the the clip they need to right now anyway. That happens at the same time. David Sloan comes to the point. If it happens, that's when it happens. They're six and four. Just exactly. shake it up. Exactly. And we're not talking about shaking up Sneed and Jada. They're more proven. You've seen what they can do on a consistent basis. Mac has given you a few days here and there where he looks really sexy. And the rest of the time, he's If he played every game of his career at the Sprint Center, he would be all Big 12 first. <laughs> well, you better start on Saturday. <laughs> start on Saturday. He will play. <laughs> he will score 30 points and have 10 rebounds Saturday because he'll play at the Sprint Center. If he stinks Saturday, he's out of the lineup the following Sunday because uh, it's time to move on because that is his home. This is the Powercat Insiders Podcast. We're sponsored by Commerce Bank. Here's Matt. Commerce Bank has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges Come your way. Commerce Bank Challenge accepted. Okay, boys, did you get to watch the Army-Navy game much? I didn't get to see as much as I hoped I watched some of it, yeah. It's recorded and will be fully watched at a later date. i got to be honest with you. I was watching it at B-Dubs. It was a good game. Got back to the house. It was a blowout. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know I, w- I should watch it for my job, but... I, I and, and like Matt, I also haven't recorded because really I'm going to go back and watch it more fully so I can... Malcolm Perry is a dude. He's a dude. He's a serious dude. He's really good. Um, But in watching this game, I'm struck by this. It's hard to understand how what I'm watching applies to replacing Army with Kansas State. I mean, academies are academies. They're not recruited to be football players. They have to be soldiers first. So you come with some limitations. They had a left guard for Navy that I think is an aspiring anchor. 
He was about five foot ten and three hundred and ten pounds. I was proud of him. I don't know. I hope he's never in a submarine or he'll get stuck in a hatch. An inspiring anchor like. Like that's going to be his job. Like I think he wants. They'll have a big chain to him, and when they set port, they'll throw him over the side. Okay. And the boat won't move. So I didn't know if you meant also like a TV anchor. I was like, okay, what did he do in the game that (laughs) he was so vocal? They don't let fat guys on TV. Trust me. Whitlock's on TV. What's that? Jason Whitlock. Well. He's Jason Whitlock. <laughs> Malcolm Perry <laughs> ran the ball 29 times for a net of 304 yards, averaging 10.5 yards per carry. I know this. That's Hall in the mail. That's <laughs> Hall in the mail. 10.5 yards a carry. I know this offense is based on deception, but I also watched this game and I'm thinking, Guys, you run this offense, too. What the hell are you trying to – they just stunk. Army stunk. They they stunk. Maybe I'm underestimating the triple option, and and I know that it is not easy to defend. But I also think that Scotty Hazleton makes over half a million dollars and knows how to coach against the triple option. I mean, there's a a formula out there. Uh, Yeah, and you see this offense – more at the FCS level than the FBS level. It's pretty much the three academies, and once in a while, Georgia Tech comes out of nowhere and starts running it because they hired a coach from an academy. But at the FCS level, you see it. And Chris Kleiman and Scotty Hazleton have seen it. And, oh, by the way, one of the places you see it is Air Force in the Mountain West with Wyoming, where Coach Hazleton came from. Mm -hmm. So they are familiar with this. They know the principles. It's just applying the discipline. No, you do this. I know you want to go chase the donut over there, but it's not a real donut. Do this so that guy can chase that. Well, you, you guys know the biggest asset outside of that that, that K-State has working for it in, in this regard. Time. Yeah. Time to prepare. That's exactly it's right. a whole hell of a lot tougher to prepare when you've got a week. But you've got all this time, these 15 practices. And I don't know how many they're going to use, maybe the last seven. But I'm just saying, you actually have time to focus on it versus if this is in the middle of the season and you just played Texas Tech and it's like, oh, sh- you know, now we got to flip the script and play a completely different style of offense. So having that extra this time for the bowl is going to give K-State an advantage that no other team would have outside of if you opened with one of these academies. Great time to bull prep is mm-hmm. to invest in the freshmen, give them some extra time. But does that get negated a bit with a team that – that needs more preparation because typically with the bull opponent, you give about half the practices to the other guys, rest your team, and then you kind of go into a game week sequence. But I think they're probably prepping pretty hard. More so, like I said, than just if this was a more quote unquote normal conventional right. offense for sure. So yeah. you think they do take a little time away from? I do. I think just a little bit. I think winning this ninth game, not losing to Navy, yeah, which isn't. I don't begrudge Navy, but they aren't a Power Five, so that that will be used and hung over K State if oh, they lose. Oh, for sure. But the ninth win thing, I think, is really important That's... to the program. Yeah, and and having this stage to go win a game and maybe do so emphatically like Notre Dame did, which I think was a lot on what I talked about before. Pure athletes, size and speed. K-State might not have Notre Dame levels, uh, but they have some pretty big, fast guys in comparison to what a team like Navy typically sees, mm-hmm. even yeah. even in the American or whatever. Getting that ninth win, I think, is Large. is the most important thing right now. I think the ability to go out on the recruiting trail and flash nine wins – Beat a top 25 team, 
you know, this and that. I mean, I think it goes a long way. I think if you lose, again, like you said, I don't, you don't want to knock Navy. They're clearly a really good football team. But I think if you lose to Navy, it's not the same as losing to Arkansas or, or Texas A&M or whatever. Yeah, it just going to hang over you. It mm-hmm. doesn't carry that, that much out there, and, and it's tough to really kind of defend it on the surface. Now, Navy can throw the ball. They didn't in this game. Why should they? When they're forced to, they can throw it to a great effect. You see some plays that are very familiar to what Kansas State runs at times. They'll slip the back out of the backfield. They'll run them right up the middle of the field. You'll see some wheel routes. Uh, That didn't take place in the game. They threw one pass, and it wasn't even Malcolm Perry throwing it. I racked my little brain to come up with a comparison for Malcolm Perry and how he handles himself. And this is the best I could do. If Puka Williams ran this offense, he doesn't throw the ball. He just runs the offense and tries to create space. Is he that quick? He looked pretty damn quick to me. Maybe it was the competition. He did a a jump cut right out of the middle of the defense and into open air up the sideline. That was as good as you will see. But he's bigger than Puka. Didn't seem to be that much bigger. He's not a big guy, at least. I don't know what they list him at, but he didn't look like a big guy. He can't be more than five. 10, 5'11 at He best. probably is bigger than Puka and maybe not as as overall raw speed. But his game isn't about raw speed. No. His game is about uh, being slippery and elusive and getting through tight spaces very quickly. And, folks, he's good at that. He's really, really good at that. K-State's just going to have to be really disciplined and get a tackle. That we've said it 15, 20 times. We'll say it another 30 times before this game starts. Wrapping up. Not blowing tackles and and missing them. You can't have those plays where you see a guy like Jerron McPherson or somebody go in, arms back, looking to make a big hit rather than just a normal tackle. You just got to be – play normal football in this game. Don't go for the big hit. If you go for the big hit, you're going to get clowned. Yeah, and and that's why why I think maybe I am not as freaked out about defending this as as some people are because I feel like at the end of the day if K-State just plays good assignment sound football they're going to be okay I think I think Trey Deshaun Jordan Mitty could have a, a major impact in this if they can blow up that middle too if if they handle cut blocks they will destroy this offense because they cut block you and cut like block crazy. you and they are at your knees and ankles all day long and big guys don't like that. Nobody really likes it, but big guys don't because we can't get out of the way of that like a safety can. I don't think Chris Kleiman will let this happen, but just don't go in overconfident. Like, yeah, we're from the Big 12. We beat Oklahoma. We're on the verge of nine wins, which they already have. Um, I don't sense that'll happen at all. I don't I, either. I, I, go 0% in, chance. Go in and play your game. Be disciplined. Do the little things in case they win this and game by two touchdowns. They already had that wake-up call against West Virginia. That might be the most intriguing thing to me in this span of time here. And it's closing fast. I mean, we're already past the middle of December. I mean, we're roughly two weeks out from game time. 15 days, right? 15 days. As of this podcast. As of this podcast. If you're listening to Thursday, uh, on Thursday to this podcast, that doesn't work. I'm just explaining. And the signing period has already started if you're listening on yeah. Thursday. True. Um, I... I just think how Chris Kleiman prepares his team in contrast to what Bill Snyder did with bowl prep time is, for me, the most important storyline here. Bill Snyder treated bowl prep like spring football. 
They beat the snot out of each other. The emphasis was on the young guys. Let's get better. Let's get better. Let's get better. Oh, by the way, we play a game. And then you could see them. We all saw it. Now the players are talking about it. Tannehill and Spiller on their podcast talked about it. Brian Hanley talked about it. He'd wear you into the ground and then want you to go play a game fresh, and it just didn't happen. So how Chris Kleiman adapts to the bowl life from the championship series life, the playoffs, is a really important storyline. This is new. This isn't football versus football. This is bowls. Are not playoffs. Well, I was like, yeah, off the top of my head, Snyder finished what nine and ten in bowls. Went to nineteen, finished nine and ten. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that. And Tannehill, Travis Tannehill made a great point. Coach Snyder was such a good coach; he could get you into a bowl game that you had no business playing that opponent. And we saw that a lot in two point the Liberty Bowl <laughs> or, being included in Oregon Cotton the, Bowl versus Arkansas. Well, and that Arkansas team they ran into in the Liberty Bowl was a lot better than Kansas State even if Kansas State was healthy, and they weren't. But he kept him in it. I, you know, he's the chess master. So. I'm glad that you brought up. Do you guys like the early signing period? Have you grown, has it grown on you, or are you guys uh, like, yeah. oh, I hate it? Yeah, there's no reason for a kid to not be able to put his name on paper. I'm of the <laughs> belief that this is one of the things that drove Bill Snyder crazy because then he had to concentrate on recruiting yeah. during the season. Oh, yeah. And he didn't ever, ever want to do that. Well, in all fairness to him, back when he started and built the program, you didn't have to. Nope. The recruiting cycle wasn't so hurried and pushed forward. And you could go up to a Michael Bishop in December and say, hey, you want to play quarterback at Kansas State? And Michael would go, well, no one else has given me a chance. If Michael Bishop's at a junior college right now doing the things he did at Blaine. He doesn't come to K-State. He's got so many honking offers. It's unbelievable because that offense now has morphed into so many other offenses we see around hmm. the country. Oh, we can win with this guy. No, he goes to one of these SEC powers or Ohio State or Clemson. Well, not, Clemson doesn't really seem to do the JUCO no, stuff as much as some of the other much. major programs. But I was just noting that uh, one of the podcasts was tweeting out about Oklahoma signing so many incredible junior college defenders. Oklahoma signing junior college defenders. And I'm thinking, man, this world really has changed from the days that Bill Snyder would sign Eight guys out of junior college, and it was basically seen as cheating. <laughs> oh, he, took, he, took, he caught a lot of crap for it. A lot of crap. It was like inviting Ebola into your team. Why would you take those guys? Why? They're, they're not good people. And now everybody does it. Now everybody mm-hmm. does it, and we know damn well from what Coach Snyder proved. Yeah, there's some bad dudes at junior college. But they're there in the freshman classes, too. Mm-hmm. They're really no different. Probably the strike against them is they had bad academic counseling, and they just didn't know to take it seriously enough early enough. But I'm looking forward to it. I love it. It gets it off the plate, and it's been a huge change for our industry. Well, if, or back just, to your question. just the fact that maybe the problems they had during high school didn't surface, so they got to college and things was different. And right. They were being treated like a celebrity, and they just got into play. Like, you know, just there's maybe just certain things that you don't see in high school, but then you get to college. and Also, it helps. I mean, it, this helps kids like kids. For example, K-State has four kids, I think it's four, playing in Texas State Championships on Saturday. They will all have signed, well, I think all have signed, or three of them have, will all have signed letters of intent 
by the time that game kicks off. You don't think there's going to be some some colleges down there maybe kind of trying to pick up some late recruits. They see one of those kids explode and they go down, they talk to him, you know. I mean, if, if they get them on paper on Wednesday, it just eliminates yeah. any of that. I, I just, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Kind of takes the dramatics out of the February one, but it sucked the life out of that. <laughs> I don't, and particularly in this year, I think K State's going to be all but done in December. They people don't realize that they're pretty much done right now, except for the ones they're going to hold on to, maybe for a grad transfer, maybe for a JUCO transfer. You know, maybe just for a transfer that fits their system. Maybe a high school kid, maybe a Josh Youngblood will pop up again that they can get late. I'm wondering how much more K-State delves into that when when you think about the next five to ten years. How many more of those guys that um, played at Georgia Tech and then wind up starting a year for Texas at, on the offensive line? Seeing how K State navigates that world, because K State the last couple of years, K State's never really had any of those major D one transfer guys from yeah. Power Fives. They get the James Gilberts now, okay, and they get Jordan Brown Jordan from Brown, North Carolina. Yeah. Which, by the way, his parents are. Oh, I love his parents; they're awesome. But how much more does K State get down the road? Based on those two, why don't you go back to that well? Because they are fantastic guys. Never even got to see Marcus Hayes. Yeah, sad. That is sad. He would have been a really important part of this team. and Been a hell of a punt returner, at least based off his stats. Yep. Are we doing this show on the 23rd and the 30th? Uh, we will be doing it on the 23rd if you're available. I'm available. We will do it on the 23rd. I'm glad you brought it up. We will not do it on the 30th. Ryan and I were talking about it. But I am going to try to squeeze everyone together prior to that sometime in Memphis. Hopefully. Prior to the 30th? Prior to the 30th. It's the day before the game. Because I don't get there till the 30th. Well, then we will so I'm the out. 30th. Big what? fancy What, what, what they don't bring you in? I got basketball, 28th oh, and 29th. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing it, and I'm flying at 525 on the 30th. Oh, big fancy flight. Huh. No. Yeah. You're on the chart. <laughs> economy <laughs> from Manhattan to Chicago to Memphis. I'll be oh, lovely. in Elberton, Georgia at this time next week, so I probably will not be able to cast any pod. That is fine. I'll be in the 67420. That's Beloit. Beloit. Uh, okay, yeah. Matt, maybe it'll be you and I next <laughs> Tuesday. You and me. Monday. Well, you can get Callus back, maybe. Maybe it'll be me. Yes, you're right. And somebody else. Maybe Kellis will be gone, too. Kellis, Kellis might Christmas. be... Christmas. <laughs> Kellis might be... Having another kid by then. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. He has like three, right? He's seven. Seven? This is that's probably news to Kellis. Seven kids. That would well, be news. Kellis doesn't know about all of them. You let me know. We will. Let and us know. We will be podcasting from Memphis. We will have a whole slate of shows. They might be shuffled around. And maybe we'll do the Matt Walters and Tim Fitzgerald Power Hour on the 30th. Hey, Fitz, guess what? You guys never let me say anything about what the K-State team could do to answer your question to like to win. We'll do it. I want to give it right now. How many times this year in post games have we heard Bruce Weber talk about how many layups and shots right at the basket they missed? If they could just convert half as many of those, it would make life a lot easier for them. Thirty-five minutes later, he got it. <laughs> well, I just hey, I nice just work. it just hit me. It's like I want to make sure I got my two cents. In, nice you work. Know? Glad you did. Have to spend it now because I'm no not going to be here next today. week. Well, <laughs> there's no rant today. No, uh, rant. He, he, no, it's it's Christmas cheer. Let's, yeah, he's, we'll he's in a good out, mood. Now, now I won't say that maybe after I'm in maybe some line or something. Maybe I'll come back on. January whatever and fired up and he's getting ready to go home to Georgia have some boiled peanuts (laughs) 
gross. Work on a car, do some wrenching in the garage, do some air bumping wrenching. and rubbing. Air I'm just, just throwing. It. I don't know. You're I'm just, just throwing get out. Stuff. Birds get point. out. Get out. Get out. Fitch, you're in a tailspin. This has been the Powercat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. We appreciate you listening, and we want an explanation why you do listen. It's kind of weird. You've been listening to the Powercat Insiders Podcast, presented by Commerce Bank. Powercat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.